Okay. <clears throat> right. Good morning. Let's let's just pray together. Father, we thank you for another day. We thank you that each day in is a, a sign of your goodness and grace to us. And we thank you, Father, that we have your word that we can read together. And that Lord, you use your word to reveal yourself to us and also Lord to speak to us, to guide us, to shape us. And so we pray that might be true even from these few verses that we look at this morning. In Jesus' name, Amen. Okay, so we come to today, and um, this is definitely a reading for present times, isn't it? Not only do we have a rainbow, <clears throat> my wife, <clears throat> wife's just shutting the door because she's in a consultation with somebody else and obviously disturbing her. Not only do we have a rainbow, but we have the lockdown of all lockdowns in today's reading. And um, I don't know how people, I don't know how you're faring with lockdown. And, and obviously, you know, for some people, they are, you know, seriously um, struggling um, with it. But, but for, for Noah and his family, I mean, this lockdown, if, you've, if you add up the days, of course, and look at the the date on which he went in and the date on which he came out, this lockdown is more than a year. <laughs> a year and 10 days he's locked in the ark. Not only with his wife and sons and three daughters-in-law, but also with all those animals. And I can't imagine what the smell was like um, <clears throat> and just what it was like. But that was the reality for Noah and his family. Let's just read, um, this isn't in today's passage, but it connects with yesterday. We're going to read um, from uh, verse, chapter 7. Um, no, we'll read from 6, sorry, this is 6, verse 22, and 7, verse 1. It says, six, chapter 6, verse 22, Noah did everything just as God commanded him. Then the Lord said to Noah, go into the ark, you and your whole family, because I found you righteous in this generation. So God commands him to build the boat and then tells him to go in. And later on, we read that when Noah had gone in, God shuts the door. God shuts them in. And, um, and then we wait. <clears throat> then Noah had to wait seven days while he's shut in before the rains started to come. I don't know what Noah might be thinking during those seven days as he's waiting for the rain to come, shutting the ark. In chapter 8, verse 16, just as God's last words were to go, tell him to go into the ark, we have God speaking and telling him to come out of the ark. And... Um, Chapter 8, verse 1, before that we read, But God remembered Noah and all the wild animals and the livestock that were with him in the ark. Um, and he sent a wind, and that's the waters begin to recede, etc. When he said God remembered Noah, he hadn't forgotten about Noah. In fact, the very opposite. That's telling us that God had a concern, a care for Noah. He thought about Noah. And in a sense, that's the same sort of 
concern, same sort of remembering that God has for us. He doesn't forget, doesn't forget anything. He knows everything, but he has that care and concern and he remembers, to use the biblical word, he remembers Noah. Let's read then from chapter 8, verses 18 to 20. Chapter 8, verses 18 to 20. So it says, So Noah came out of the ark, came out together with his sons and his wife and his sons' wives. Can't imagine, can you, the release they must have experienced as they came out of this uh, the boat. All the animals and all the creatures that move along the ground and all the birds, everything that moves on the earth, came out of the ark, one kind after another. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord, and taking some of all the clean animals and clean birds, remember he took extra ones of those, more than just a pair, he sacrificed burnt offerings on it. Tremendous sense of joy, no doubt, as they come out of the ark into the new, onto a, in a sense, a new, a new creation. What's his first act? What does Noah do first when he first comes out? Well, we read, don't we, that he builds an altar, a sacrifice, and sacrifices animals to worship the God that has saved him, his family, as well as the other animals. His first action is to worship God, to recognize what God has done in this mighty act of deliverance. Let's read on verses 21 and 22. And the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma and said in his heart, never again will I curse the ground because of man, even though every inclination of his heart is evil from childhood. And never again will I destroy all living creatures as I have done. As long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, will never cease. Never again will there be a flood like this that would destroy the earth. And God repeats that promise uh, two or three times in the covenant he makes with Noah in chapter 9. But do you notice something there? That although God promises this, it's not because he thinks mankind will deserve that care and attention, that promise. God knows what mankind is like. And he knows that even now and in the future, that every, as to quote, every inclination of his heart is evil from childhood. That's the very same phrase, of course, that we read in chapter 6, beginning of chapter 6, when God looked at the earth and saw the wickedness. So God knows in that sense that mankind has not changed. We will still be the same. We'll still have that tendency to go our own way, out of our own pride, to make our own choices, to ignore God, leave him out. And that's what would always be the case. And yet God in his goodness makes that promise not just to Abraham but to all future generations that the seasons created by God will continue 
until the end of history. And that, of course, is brought into the covenant in chapter 9 and is symbolized by the rainbow. Everyone will benefit from God's promise, the good and the bad, if you like. Unbelievers and believers, all of us will share in God's promise. It's what some people refer to as common grace. It's not by, by the word common, it's not saying it's of no value. It's saying it's God's grace that is common to all people, regardless of how they respond to him, regardless of, how, how, of whether they give him the time of day or not. God would be gracious to them, despite their sinful thoughts and actions, despite the fact that all of us deserve God's judgment, that God would be gracious. It's like when Jesus says, doesn't he, in Matthew chapter 5, when Jesus said, he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good. He sends his rain on the just and the unjust. All of these are provisions of God's grace to mankind. And we see that in lots of ways, don't we? We see it in the beauty of nature. Kim, when we've been, you know, walking out around like other people have for exercise. And Kim said more than once, she said, I wonder if the blossoms are better this year than ever. Because some of them are absolutely fantastic, aren't they, as you walk around? Some of the blossoms on the trees are just brilliant. It's an evidence of God's common grace. The kindness of people, people who are not believers, people who are not Christians, but are doing some wonderfully kind and generous things. That's an evidence of God's common grace. And we want to be thankful for those. Fantastic things that have been invented. Paul was, um, Drinkwater was talking about that last night, I think, in our community group. The technology that we have, that we're using now, the ventilators that Nana has invented to take over from people's lungs. Those are all evidences of God's common grace to us, and we should be thankful. We should recognize that that is all because of what God is like, a God of goodness and mercy. To all people, Psalm 145 verse 9 says, The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all that he has made. And so that should cause us to give thanks, because it points us to the character of God, his goodness. There's a song, I think, something like this, and this only came to mind this morning, but I think there was a song we used to sing in Sunday school, which has got the line, so whenever you see a a rainbow, remember God is love. Anybody remember that? Nod your head if you think that's correct. So whenever you see a rainbow, remember God is love. Am I the only one that ever sang that? I can't believe that. I think it, I'm, think, I'm pretty sure that was one of the lines. Whenever you see a, ra- a rainbow, remember God is love. Mark's looking it up, I think, to see if he can find it on his WhatsApp. In this, in this story, in this, in this uh, by story, I don't mean children's story. I mean, in this uh, account that we've read, we see evidence of God's love. But there's also pointers to, to God's 
amazing love. We see pointers in the fact that um, Noah made a sacrifice. It required a sacrifice of an animal. And that sacrifice was pleasing to God. We see, we see in the covenants the agreement that God makes with Noah and with mankind. It points to the fact there's going to be a new covenant one day between God and mankind. And we also see, don't we, in the terrible judgment that God brought on the earth. But there's a far greater judgment coming. And that far greater judgment was the one on his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Evidence of God's grace, not common grace, but special grace for all of us who believe, who trusted in him.